Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Tennis with an Accent. Uh, I was covering the Newport uh, Dell Tech Open yesterday after the historic win of Federer at Wimbledon. Uh, just drove up there, it's uh, almost a two-hour drive with traffic. Uh, got there just in time to see uh, upcoming Indian Ram Kumar Ramanathan, who was playing his first round qualifying. And uh, he was, of course, uh, on my radar, uh, and I did get a chance to speak with him. But this episode will compile... Uh, this com- uh, compiled of uh, three interviews. Uh, one is with Indian uh, tennis ace uh, and legendary uh, Leander Pace, who is still going strong. Is uh, an ageless wonder. I mean, been there forever. He was generous enough uh, to speak with us. So first up is my brief uh, chat with Leander Pace. Uh, enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another round of tennis with an accent. We have the ageless wonder Leander Pace joining <laughs> us. Thanks for doing this. A complete pleasure. So what keeps you going? What's the secret of this longevity? Passion. I love our sport of tennis. I think it is one of the most global sports on the planet. Uh, for me, the creativity of tennis what keeps me going. Learning a new inside-out topspin shot. Learning um, how to hit a half-volley backhand short cross-court. Learning how to hit different serves with the exact same ball toss. Creativity in tennis is, uh, is the key to, to uh, me keeping on coming back to the court and having fun with it. Uh, since these days you're not playing with a full-time partner, so what's the criteria for picking a partner week in, week out? Does tournaments and surfaces come into consideration? Definitely. Surfaces uh, come into the most uh, consideration because some players are servant volleyers, so the grass is good. Some players have got big ground strokes, so the clay they do well on. But for me, I'm always looking for an ad court player who generally has good returns and a good serve. Um, I'm not the tallest uh, guy on the planet, but I'm pretty quick on my legs. So I take care of the stuff at the net down low. And uh, the partner that I'm lo- trying to look for uh, constantly is someone who has a big serve, who's tall, who can look after the smashes, and who can return well. Uh, what is the landscape of Indian tennis looking now? Uh, do we have world-class facilities uh, where we can produce a pool of upcoming players? Great question. I think that over the last uh, two and a half decades, of me playing the sport of tennis, uh, the the landscape of training facilities has grown leaps and bounds. Um, back in the day, most of the courts were grass courts. Uh, when I grew up, they were either clay courts, which were gravel, not even like the powdered clay of Europe. But now when I look at the tennis centers in, in India, you've got synthetic courts, you've got uh, proper clay courts, you've got great grass courts, you've also got good light, lights uh, facilities, so you can play tennis even after the sun sets. And that to me is the essence of producing champions, uh, that you can ha- have more accessibility of, of world-class facilities to the, to the young kids. And uh, even now, um, I'm, I train a lot back home in India compared to back in the day. I, I left home at the age of 12, and from the age of 17, I've been in Orlando, Florida training there. So the facilities back home have grown a lot, and I think uh, uh, that, that's the reason we have so many more players on the tour. Uh, some countries are represented on, on the tour, say full strength, like uh, Spanish guys or French guys. How has the experience been being one of the few Indians on the tour? Does it ever get lonely? Uh, language-wise, culture-wise, I know you're a global superstar, but what's the journey been like? That's why tennis with an accent, right? Yep. I was one of the only guys uh, <laughs> back when I played singles back in the day um, from India. Uh, most of my friends were the Australians, most of my friends were the Americans. Um, I've been very blessed to have friendships, you know, from all the players in the locker room, and, and it's it's been wonderful to have that personal one-on-one connect with each of them. That's the beauty of tennis, in my opinion, is that each individual athlete has their own innate character their own innate personality and for me as a young kid leaving home I always journeyed on um, looking out to see 
what each one's personality was and that was the friendship to me. Um, I've had a very blessed career of 28 years on the tour now, both with the juniors and the seniors and the friendships are the, 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 my greatest wealth out of tennis. Uh, you're easily one of the best grass court exponents, you know, with great volleys. Uh, are you a spokesman of the cause, like, say, should we have a Masters 1000 on grass on the tour? It's kind of a traditional surface, which is, you know, just runs around Wimbledon. I think we should. I think since we have one Grand Slam, which is on grass already, we should have a Masters uh, 1000 on grass. And I think that, um, especially with being a serve and volleyer my whole career, and even now in double serving and volleying, um, I think that grass court tennis, uh, fast tennis, serve and volley tennis was a great art to the game that we have. Um, nowadays you find most guys playing from a baseline 10 feet behind, they're 6 feet 7, 6 feet 5, just slugging from a baseline and one of the, the real crafts of the game of tennis um, was to see a Boris Becker dive or was just to see uh, a Stefan Edberg low forehand volley into the open court or even now when Federer does it on the indoors. I mean, your volley indoors. wasn't bad either. It was I mean, not bad at all. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> to see like that craft and that skill um, is, is still magical. All right, so parting question. How surprised are you with Federer's uh, success at 35 years and can we ever see the magical pairing of Federer and Pace once? Over. I'm not surprised at all with Roger's uh, uh, career and the history that he's created in our sport because he's one of the most hardworking guys on the tour. He's one of the most fastidious professionals on the tour. Every single thing needs to be right. And that's the, the, the level of perfection that he goes for. And, and if you look at his team around him that he selected, he selected real professionals around there. And, and the way that he conducts himself, the way that he is a spokesperson for sport all over the world, um, I'm not surprised at all. To me, he's not only a, one of the greatest tennis players of all time, but he's not only the, one of the greatest athletes of all time, but he's one of the greatest guys of all time. Uh, Raj has done a phenomenal job. Um, the way he, the pressure that he has on him in the way he's conducted himself out in public, because I don't think there's much he can do that's not in the public eye. And to, to have that decorum and to have that personality and that um, staying power, that, that, that grace that he does it with, uh, to me, he's one of the greatest of all time uh, athletes that we've had. And, and I've been, it's been a real joy to actually see his career over all the years that I've played in my career. And I've played him in singles, I've played him many times in doubles. And uh, to, to be on the same side of the net uh, uh, with him in doubles uh, would be uh, a dream. Yeah. Thanks, Leander. So that was Leander Pays. Uh, then I also got a chance uh, to have a brief chat with the former top 10 player and now tournament director Todd Martin. He's next. Give it a listen. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another round of questions. And we have the honor of uh, hosting tournament director Todd Martin, a former top 10 player with us. Thanks, Todd, for doing this. My pleasure. Uh, so you've been a you know, proven player. Uh, and what skills translate to this role of yours now? I know you're a competitor. So how does the tournament director title work? Well, I spend, uh, I spend much less time being a tournament director than I do being the head of the Hall of Fame. But, um, you know, for, as a tournament director, I certainly pull on the experiences I had as a player and, and also the relationships that I built with the tournament directors that, uh, of the tournaments I played. Uh, one, so I can get some uh, healthy advice along the way, and two, because I remember the issues that they faced and that they shared with me uh, when I was on the player council and making sure that I um, try to understand both what it was like to be a player as a beginning 
young player, but also as an established player. And but one of the most important things for me is relationship building and making sure I understand who who's the player that's here now. Now, do you also have to sometimes lower your relationship with players because you know a lot of tournament directors we hear you know they try to get you know big names uh, playing their event. Is that something part of the gig or? you have a marketing team that does that? No, I, I, I am the player um, conduit. Uh, so my relationship is with the ATP and with the players and their agents. Uh, I'm the one recruiting. Um, I don't, <coughs> excuse me, I don't do uh, much with the operations of the, uh, of the tournament. Uh, we've got a great operations crew and uh, I can leave that up to them. Uh, the, but but I think uh, if you know the sport, you can see what some of the storylines are. So, um, you know, when I, when I realized that Ivo Karlovic was coming back and John Isner was interested in playing, it made good sense for me to talk to Riley Opelka so we could have the three seven-footers. You know, yep. when you line those three guys up one after another, it's 21 feet from the service line to the net. <laughs> And, um, you know, I bet you we can get a pretty good accurate measurement as to how tall they are by, by doing that. Um, so uh, it's interesting, you know, it, it definitely makes me feel my age sometimes dealing with the players and having them understand not what it was like 20 years ago when, when we were playing. Um, but it's also a great opportunity for me to host guys like Leander Pays and Rajiv Ram. Leander is somebody that... I met in probably my first or second year of professional tennis, uh, so it's uh, it, it's uh, it's always nice to have the full gamut of talent and personalities and, and backgrounds. And this week here in Newport, you, you guys are also showcasing some really good next-gen players. Your thoughts on that? Well, it's uh, it, we're the Hall of Fame, so the Hall of Fame. The brand is Rod Laver, Martina Navratilova, Pete Sampras, Stephanie Graf. You know, these are the people who are the Hall of Fame. So when we host a big event, um, it's great to have the higher-ranked players and, and make sure that we have a strong uh, competitive field. But it's incumbent on, on me to make sure that we can try to get guys who may become Hall of Famers here so they're familiar with this place, get a taste of the history, because someday they might be back in a different in a different capacity. Uh, I know it probably goes with the parcel of the job, but how hard it is to lose uh, Mueller and Query, who had great Wimbledon runs, but you know probably due to fatigue and whatever reason they didn't make the trip. Well, it's it's, it's absolutely disappointing. It's disappointing as a tournament director, but it's disappointing as a former player as well. I mean, I, I believe that. Um, entry into a tennis tournament is a commitment to go and play. At that same time, I also understand that the rules provide for the guys to withdraw from tournaments without uh, without consequence. And I, because it's within the rules, I respect Jill and uh, and Sam for making the decision they uh, they did. I'm thrilled for this for the success they've experienced. But I also think that we have, as a tour and as a sport have a bigger issue to deal with um, because every time we don't deliver a promise to the fan, uh, it it makes uh, for some vulnerability for our sport. 
Uh, you talk about Rajiv Ram, so that's a great decision to give him a wild card. He's a two-time champ. But what is the general criteria? I know uh, on TV we hear uh, upcoming youngsters or former players who are you know don't have the PR anymore. So what are the few criteria as a director? You make the call when players ask for a wild card and who gets the cut? Uh, it's utterly subjective. Um, with Rajiv, he's a he's a two-time champion here. Uh, there is not a wild card out there for him in other tournaments, uh, but he's developed a brand here, and uh, and he's done nothing but be a steadfast supporter of the Hall of Fame and and of the Dell Technologies Hall of, Hall of Fame Open. Uh, Riley Opelka was a wild card entry, but then he ended up getting straight in. But Riley's a former Wimbledon Junior Champion. He's a very promising young American talent. Michael Moe, similar. Uh, Ty Kwiatkowski just won the uh, NCAAs. Uh, so it's you know it's, it's pretty easy to make some of these decisions uh, and make sure that the, uh, make sure that the fellas have a good chance to start their to start their careers. I am one that's much more inclined to use it for younger players to help give them uh, a start than to uh, think that there is any any great value in, in bringing back the older players. I think this um, the Hall of Fame, as much as it is for the re retired Hall of Famers and the greats of the game, uh, it's a lot about inspiration. And I think that some of these young guys will... Uh, uh, will glean some uh, inspiration from being here, getting a feel for what this sport was at one point in time, and uh, hopefully absorbing the Hall of Fame. Okay, my last question. Uh, as a fan, uh, I won't call it a gripe. I mean, this is a world-class event you guys run here. Don't you think, uh, I'm sure, has it ever been proposed that this tournament should proceed leading into Wimbledon? Then, uh, well, uh, what actual spot is on the calendar? Not necessarily proposed, suggested, maybe um, <laughs> discussed. Even it was one of the one of the uh, first things that I was um, thinking about when I when I took the job, because Wimbledon was on the precipice of moving back a week, so there were going to be three weeks between the French Open and Wimbledon, uh, and with that additional week, there was opening, if you will, for tournaments to try to fill that to fill that extra week uh, in a perfect world that's where we would be uh, we're far from a perfect world and we um, school's not out in the middle of June when we would be uh, the courts haven't had much time to settle and get used to um, used to the news to the new summer uh, we would have a difficult time bringing people back from France and then and then having them play here and then having to go back to mm. London. So there's a lot of dynamics there. And um, I think really and truly, although this is on grass after Wimbledon, uh, we, have a, we have a spot and we're always going to get the guys who are interested in coming and playing. And, um, and we're really a lot more than just who is playing our tournament. It's the Hall of Fame, and um, and so I think everybody appreciates being at this property, watching high-level professional tennis. Well, like I said, it's a world-class event. Uh, only one in New England on the men's side. Thanks for your generosity with your time. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for being here. 
And last but not the least is a brief chat with uh, Ram Kumar Ramanathan. And um, just to fill you in, this is a guy who was, uh, I think, a uh, uh, night before, uh, he was playing in the Challenger final somewhere in Illinois. I believe he had to take two connecting flights. Uh, and then obviously the surface which he was playing a final on uh, hard courts and then came uh, next morning to Newport and then had a 3 p.m. start on grass. So he was kind enough to speak briefly with us. Here's Ram Kumar Ramanathan. Uh, hi, we have Ram Kumar Ramanathan joining us after his first round win in the qualifying. Thank you for doing this. It's a good match today. Yeah, it was a good match. Well, my first time here in Newport, so conditions were not great, but you know, uh, the serve was very important. Uh, and uh, I think you know, I have to focus on myself and try to enjoy the grass. Yeah, well, Indians definitely. Since I grew up in India, we grass courts were the focus. We naturally chip and charge serve and volley. So are you at home on grass? I mean, yeah, it's always good to play on grass because, you know, drop volleys, lobs, here and there, you know, a lot of things happen. Uh, so you have to be alert also because a couple of points can, you know, lead you to lose the set. So, I mean, it's uh, it's good to play because you can become sharp also. So it's it's a, it, sh it should be a good week. Let's see. Yeah, you've been playing great. I mean, you were you playing in Illinois yesterday? I was, yeah. Last night I was playing there and then, you know, I thought why not give it a try, you know? So good fast switch from hard courts to grass. Yeah. No I, practice. Uh, yeah, I just uh, ate for 45 minutes with uh, one of the Rativatana brothers uh, before I played the match, and uh, saw that the you know the courts are heavy and uh, you know the, the balls were quick also. So I mean, yeah, I just have to keep playing going on. I mean, Indian fans know you for a while, but beating Dominic team in Turkey that's kind of put you on the map. How big was that win for someone, uh, you know, given? the career stage you are in? I mean, I've been working hard for this always, you know, to play against the top players and compete well with them. And I think uh, I got the break there and uh, I think it's just the beginning for me and I need to, you know, build on it and keep playing many tournaments and try to get, uh, you know, the exposure and experience. Like uh, the last few matches, I think I've been uh, more composed and, you know, I've been uh, doing things better than usual. So I think uh, there's an improvement, but uh, still a lot to improve. So, for someone like you in this stage, uh, what's the career goal like? Do you plan long term or short term? You're like 183 in the rankings right now. I just have to be really fit and I want to, you know, play a lot more tournaments. I, I, I will try to play many qualifiers of the ATPs. I think uh, it'll, it'll help me improve the level and uh, also get me ready for the US Open College. So, that's my goal to, you know, play the US Open College really good. Interesting you bring about fitness because back in the day, especially even in India, uh, how much has focus changed on fitness? Because tennis used to be a skill sport. Now it's like very fit plus skill sport. So, I mean, if you have to play grand slams in the main draws, you have to play five best of five sets. So you need to be, you need to, you know, work for that. And you know, that's what every player wants to do in his life. You know, play a lot of grand slams, and you know, for that you need to be really fit because everyone are hitting the ball really hard, and the balls have become very slow also. So I think you know, injury prevention exercises and the preseason. Uh, Fitness is really important, I feel. Okay, couple more questions. So, you're a Chennai boy. Uh, Chennai has produced some of the legends in Indian tennis, you know, the Krishnans, the Amrit Raj. What's your association with those guys? How well you know I them? I, uh, I know Ramesh sir a uh, little bit because uh, he comes to, you know, practice sometimes in the MCC club in Che Park. And uh, Vijay Amrit Raj, Anand Amrit Raj, I know them also. Uh, really nice people. I mean, Anand sir was uh, the captain for us 
in Davis Cup and Vijay sir in CTL, you know, you were there traveling with us. So it's always nice to, you know, whenever I see them, you know, they give me tips and, you know, they, they always say, you know, keep going and keep believing in yourself. You have the game, you can be a top 100 player. So, you know, that, that always gives the belief and also my coach Emilio Sanchez. I have to thank him. It's, even if he's not here every day, I'm texting him, and he, you know, he's giving me inputs about everything, about what to do on court, what to do off court. So I think I am really thankful to Sanchez Petal also. Now, you for formative training has been in Spain uh, recently, or? Yeah, it, uh, this January I came to the Sanchez Casal in uh, Florida. They have a branch here, so I was with Emilio for three weeks. And towards the end of the year, I might go back to Spain for a couple of weeks. That's the plan. Any message for your fans who listen to our podcast? No, who has been supporting me? Thanks, guys. And I'll keep going and I'll keep giving my best. All right. Thanks. All Thanks. the best. Thanks. Uh, that was it from uh, day one at Newport. I'll be there a few more days this week. And, of course, uh, we'll be reporting and tweeting from there. Uh, please share the podcast and uh, keep showing the support you have given us in the last few months. And yes, we will be doing a federal pod- podcast pretty soon. Haven't forgotten about that. Get the gang together and uh, you know just discuss what the year has meant so far. Once again, thanks for listening. Bye for now.